Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Now, wherever you are currently with your nutrition, you might be trying to figure out the best diet to lose weight, or maybe you don't want to lose weight. Maybe you just want to feel overall healthy, or maybe you're trying to build muscle or gain weight, or maybe you have type 1 diabetes and you are trying to just figure out how to keep your blood sugars more stable so that you can feel good and uh, just feel healthier. Or maybe you have another uh, underlying disease that's making you feel more conscious about your nutrition and be more serious about what you're putting into your body. Or maybe you are none of the above. Maybe you're just um, trying to figure out like how to eat healthier for your body as a whole. Wherever you're at with your nutrition, it's important to remember that whatever your goals are, your body is going to, uh, how you feel your body is going to be a lot different than anyone else because you are your own person and there's no one size fits all approach when it comes to nutrition. And even though my expertise is in fitness and type 1 diabetes and nutrition in that sense, there's still something that you'll be able to learn from this episode, no matter where you are with your nutrition or whether or not you have type 1 diabetes. The fundamentals of nutrition when it comes to fitness are going to be pretty much the same no matter what your goals are, whether you're type 1 diabetic or not. So in this episode, we are going to cover uh, how to feel confident with nutrition wherever you are currently in your own personal journey with nutrition. So the first thing I want you to look at your body individually and I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but in the past, I used to always compare my body to other people around me. And it wasn't even just how my body looked, but I would also look at other people and figure out what they were doing and then try to imitate that and um, just do what other people were doing in order to hopefully achieve the same goal. But I want you to uh, stop doing that if that's what you're doing right now, because we all are completely different and our needs and how we feel our bodies, even if we are uh, trying to achieve the same goal as someone else, are how we feel our bodies, it's going to look a lot different. So the first things first is just looking at your body as an individual and not trying to copy what anyone else is doing. So just look at yourself as your own person. And the second thing is there's no good or bad foods. I think that there's this stigma around good or bad, and it doesn't matter what your goals are or what diet you're doing. There's always a good or bad, and it makes it really confusing. I don't know about you, but you know, when I first started just, I think like nutrition for me is something that I've always paid attention to having type one diabetes for 20 years and nutrition is like a huge part of that. So for me, it was always confusing just being told like, this is good. This is bad. Like you should eat this, but not this. And then when I started getting into fitness, it was the same thing. 
thing. It's like, well, this is good food and this is bad food. And it just really like mentally was challenging and everything that I thought was, you know, good or bad just made it that much harder to actually figure out what, what was going to work for me individually. So I want you to scrap the good or bad analogy when it comes to food, because there really is no good or bad when it comes to food. It's just about, um, what's good or bad for you as a person. So instead of looking at a donut as bad and, you know, a salad as good or an apple as good, just think of everything equally. A lot of people are going to disagree with that because when you look at the nutrition value of a donut as opposed to an apple, they are going to be different, but we're not talking about um, the, the that part of nutrition right now. In we're, ta- we're looking in terms of fitness. So instead of like, obviously the nutrition value is going to be different for different foods, but as a whole, when it comes to your fitness goals and um even being type one diabetic, it's like, there's really no good or bad. It's just how things affect you and your body. And, um, so the very first thing I want you to do is just look at your goals. What are your goals right now? Are you trying to lose weight? Do you want to maintain weight or do you want to gain weight? Because if you want to lose weight, then you need to be maintaining a calorie deficit And if you want to maintain your weight, then you really need to be eating at your maintenance calories, which is the amount of food that your body needs each day in order to maintain where you currently are. And if you want to gain weight, then you need to be eating in a calorie surplus. So you need to be consuming more calories each day than your body requires to maintain weight. And this approach might look a lot different than what you're used to or what other people tell you, but this is what's worked for me. And so I really want to share this with you because coming from a uh, standpoint of, you know, having a chronic illness where there is foods that are better for you and foods that make you, uh, that are worse for you. And when you're coming from just looking at the dietary standpoint of good or bad foods in that sense, from having type one diabetes, or even if you just have diabetes or borderline diabetic, then, you know, um, and then also just from a, uh, health and fitness standpoint, because there's so much more to food than just like, whether like how it makes you feel there's also the mental aspect and I've struggled with food in the past a lot growing up it wasn't just having a chronic illness it was also trying to uh, look look better and feel better in my body and to lose weight and so having this good or bad stigma around food did not serve me and um, I really want to challenge you to look at foods as there's no off-limit foods And when it comes to food, like if you have type one diabetes, yes, there might make, there might be foods that make you feel better or, uh, you know, manage your blood sugars better. Of course, there's certain foods that are going to do that. And then there's other foods that you might just decide to opt out of because they don't make you feel so good. Or if you have type one diabetes, they might affect your blood sugars a lot differently, but in as a whole, when it comes to your fitness goals, there really should be no off limit foods. I truly believe that it's much better to have a flexible 
mindset and be flexible with your food instead of rigid. Because when you are rigid with your food, I don't know, uh, some people may feel very differently or they might have a different experience with foods. But from my own personal experience, when you are rigid with your foods, it makes it a lot harder to stick to any diet. And when you can have a flexible approach to nutrition, it really allows you to not have those cravings for foods that, you know, you put as good or bad, or you have off limit foods, and then you start craving those things. And for me personally, in the past, that's led to a lot of um, binge eating disorders that I had, and a lot of things that uh, mentally just made it a lot more challenging to live a healthy, a healthy life and to keep my blood sugar stable and to achieve my fitness goals and to lose weight and keep it off. So just coming from a standpoint of flexible, like be flexible with your food, don't be rigid, allow yourself to eat whatever foods you want. And just that that will give you the opportunity to learn like how that food makes you feel. And it will you'll be able to bolus for it more accurately and learn from your mistakes and then do better the next time. So it's just really a learning experience. But I really believe that having a more flexible mindset instead of rigid will just allow you to achieve your goals at such a higher level. And then there's diets. So you know, there's the low carb diet, there's keto, there's uh, being vegetarian, plant based, vegan, there's so many diets out there. And a lot of the time, when you have a goal in mind, you might be looking for a diet that's going to help you specifically achieve that goal. And when it comes to type one diabetes, too, it kind of throws a wrench into everything or it might feel that way because you're trying to stick to a diet but then also make your health a priority and it can be hard to kind of balance both a lot of the time and then something sometimes everything you thought you you knew to be right turns out to be wrong because you're trying to follow a certain diet and you think you're being healthy and then you you throw type 1 diabetes into the mix and you also have your blood sugars that you're trying to control. So it can be very challenging and if you're at a place right now where you're feeling overwhelmed or you're like I I don't know what to do with my nutrition. Like you you feel like you are there's that right or wrong approach and there's good foods and bad foods and you don't know if you should be eating this or that. And so the whole thing can just be overwhelming. And then on top of it, you're trying to achieve your fitness goals. So you feel a little bit lost. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. So the first thing I want you to do is throw that good or bad, right or wrong, off limit foods, rigid approach right out the window. Just throw it out the window and come to look at nutrition uh, with a flexible mindset and then practice awareness. Really listen to uh, your body and learn how different foods affect your body and your blood sugars. And really, really practice that. Make note of it. There's so much you can learn just from being more mindful and aware of how food affects you. And especially um, when you are doing, say you're exercising or whatever you're doing currently with your lifestyle in that moment, just really making a mental note, or you can even write it down and paying attention to 
how your body is reacting, especially in different situations to foods that you've been eating. So if you eat a pre-workout snack, like how does that make you feel during your workout? How are your blood sugars and learning from your body and your own experiences? Because we're all going to have a little bit different experiences because we're all so different. When it comes to achieving your fitness goals specifically, it really comes down to how you're fueling your body and the energy balance. So how many calories you're consuming and how you're fueling your body. So a lot of the time, um, it does come down to the amount of calories that you're consuming each day, whether or not you are going to be maintaining, losing or gaining weight. But then also, if you take that one step further and just notice like how these foods are making you feel. And if you have a certain amount of calories you're trying to hit every single day, like what kind of foods are you eating in order to maintain that say calorie goal. So if you're trying to eat in a calorie deficit, then you are probably going to want to eat more high volume foods. So this would look like a lot of leafy greens and veggies and choose lower calorie options because that way you'll be able to consume more food than if you were just going to grab like McDonald's or something because something that's very calorically dense, it's like you're that's one meal, but you're still going to be hungry. So just learning to eat foods that are going to actually fill you up and keep you full throughout the day. So foods that have um, even more more fiber content and then eating lean meats, such as maybe choosing a chicken breast instead of eating a chicken thigh, because the uh, that's going to be different amounts of calories as well. So choosing things that have fewer calories and um, that way you'll be able to eat more food in a 24-hour period. And then if you're diabetic or maybe you're not diabetic, but you know someone who is diabetic, looking at um, like different carbs. So for carb sources, carbs that contain a higher amount of fiber will raise your blood glucose at a slower pace because fiber has little to no effect on blood glucose. And then your fat and protein, if you're eating those in large quantities, those can actually have effect on your blood glucose levels as well, and they can increase your blood glucose. And you might just wanna look at your diet too and look at your goals. So, you know, if, you, if your goal is fat loss and you're eating l lower calories to lose weight, then you're probably not going to be consuming like large quantities of protein and fat in one meal generally. But if you are um, eating in a calorie surplus and you are consuming more protein and more fat, then you may want to just monitor your blood sugar levels around your meals. And even if you are in a deficit, just, you know, we're all affected so differently. So just see how your blood sugars are affected from eating, um, you know, when you are eating fat and protein. So for me specifically, like if I'm eating you know, 50 grams of protein or above, maybe like 70 grams of protein in one meal, then sometimes I will actually bolus, do a small bolus for that protein. 
but generally like if I'm, if it's after a workout or something, then I'm going to be a little bit more insulin sensitive, especially if it's in the evening. So I don't really worry too much about it, but if it's midday, especially if it's a combination of protein and fat, and it's a very large quantity, then I will sometimes consider bolusing for that depending on my activity level. So just, uh, monitor your blood sugars around your meals and just see how different amounts of different foods affect you and your blood sugars. It's also so crazy how nutrition affects our bodies and our not even just like our physical goals, but also mentally and um, just a lot of issues can be traced back to nutrition. And of course, I'm not a doctor or anything, but both fat and carbs are both essential for our body and to function properly. And just in the past, I'll give you a little story. So I was a vegetarian for a very long time and it was uh, for ethical reasons. So then I, I went to being vegan and I was experiencing a lot of a lot of, of gut issues for a very long time. I think it was like five years as long as I could remember. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And I was trying to figure out like what was going on. And so I went to see a naturopath and I did an elimination diet. So I cut out like, um, all dairy products. And then I started cutting out wheat products. And then I started, I thought, okay, I'll, maybe I'll eat more like plant-based and more veggies. And that actually made it worse. And so then I started, I was like, okay, I'll start steaming my veggies. Um, because I, I really wanted to do a plant-based diet because I thought it, you know, it would help my blood sugars. And at that time too, I was trying to lose weight. So just being more health conscious, but my gut issues were bad. You guys, like that it was so painful. And then as I started getting more into fitness and wanting to build muscle and just making that more of a priority, I realized I really needed to be consuming more protein. So I made the decision to start eating lean meats and I started with chicken and it was disgusting. Like at first I'm like, oh my God, like why am I doing this? But I, and I'll be honest, like my issue, my gut issues slowly started going away and I, I never went to see a doctor for it. I think I did. I did actually get tested when I got one of my regular blood tests. I got tested to see if I, um, was sensitive to wheat and it came back, uh, negative. So I was, I did not have a celiac. <laughs> I was, I didn't have an issue with wheat or anything or gluten, but uh, what I did find, and I never went back to the doctor to confirm anything. I just went off of how my body felt. But after eating, uh, after incorporating meats into my diet again, I, all my gut issues went away completely. Like I haven't had any issues since I've been eating meat since 2016. And I did, I don't know if you believe in this or not. And I don't even know if I fully believe in it because I haven't spent enough time like researching it, but I did just for fun for when I went to get one of my blood panels done. Um, I had it tested to see what blood type I was and it came out as the blood type that I am supposed to be eating meat. So whether or not that's something you believe in, I found that super interesting. So just wanted to put that out there. And then when it comes to supplements, uh, 
I, I know there's so much to be said around different supplements and achieving your fitness goals, but I will say that it's best to get uh, most of your these supplements through Whole Foods alone. And when it comes to protein powder powders and stuff like that, like the only time you should really uh, take protein powder is when you can't get it through food, like whole food sources alone. So it's really just that like a supplement, a protein powder supplement is meant to just supplement your diet. So if you find it's hard to hit your protein intake or get enough protein in your diet, then you should definitely, um, take it as through a supplement, like a protein powder. And the only supplement that I do take daily is a multivitamin in order to keep my immune system strong. So uh, it might look different for everyone depending on what your dietary needs are, but I, I do take a multivitamin daily and that's one thing that I will always do. And if you're looking for a good supplement to keep your immune system strong, I take First Form. It's these little packets that have all the vitamins, so they're super easy. You can throw them in your purse and take them with you. Uh, I also take their protein powders, but I I don't take that daily. I just supplement like if I'm on vacation or something like that and I need to make sure that I am hitting my protein goals every single day. But I love their multivitamins and I they don't sponsor this podcast or anything, but I am affiliated with them. And if you wanted to check out their products, you can go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash products. And I have a link there so you can check out their multivitamins. So I do, that's my favorite one. So if you want to check it out, that's the link. And when you're looking at nutrient timing, when you are working with someone that has type 1 diabetes, or if you have type 1 diabetes, it's something that you need to be a little bit more mindful of than just like gen pop, like the population just when you're training and stuff like that. So it's super important because you do need to keep your blood sugar stable, which is very important for achieving your fitness goals because you you don't want to be low or uh, if your blood sugar is too high, it's going to be detrimental for you achieving your fitness goals. So really just keeping it as stable as possible is going to be important. And again, everyone is going to be so different. So it's just really important to pay special attention to how your body is affected uh, during for like different exercises and also uh, in terms of different things that you are consuming. So you want to look at the type of exercise you're doing and the uh, the duration of the exercise and just monitor your blood sugars. How is it affecting you and how are your different food choices affecting your blood sugars as well? So really being extra conscious of these things, because I could tell you one, one thing and like how it affects me personally, but that could look very different for you. And again, fiber has little to no effect on blood glucose. So that's something that I, I will actually subtract from my total carb intake before before I inject my bolus, but that, but I did have met people that fiber, um, it, it still, it still affects them a little bit more. Like, so everyone sensitivity levels are going to be a lot different. So just really making it a point to learn from your body, because I'm, I'll tell you right now, there's so much you can learn from just being a little bit more mindful. 
All right. So whether you have diabetes or not, I want you to look at your overall day and your activity level and just see if you can spot trends. Now, obviously, this is going to be a little bit more important for those that are diabetic. But if you if you look, even look at your energy levels around your work day and the times that you train or hit the gym or like what you're doing and uh, I'll give you an example because just spotting these trends can help you a lot with your nutrition and your nutrient timing overall. So for me personally, I am super insulin resistant in the morning. My basal rate, I'm using a pump right now. I kind of switch back and forth between injections and my pump, but my basal rate is set a lot higher in the morning just because I am so much more insulin resistant and I even bolus for my coffee in the mornings. So I try to keep my carb intake slightly lower in the mornings. And then I generally spread my fat and protein intake evenly throughout the day. And this is not something that I try to do. And I'm not actually that mindful of it at all. It just kind of happens that way. And then I always try to time a good portion of my carbs around my workout. So whether or not you have uh, type 1 diabetes, this is something that you might want to do just to keep your energy levels a little bit higher uh, for your workouts. And then if you are diabetic, you may find that we'll keep your blood sugars a little bit more stable. Now, I do try to time my pre-workout snack relatively close to my workout just to avoid that spike in glucose when I hit the gym. And then in the evenings, I tend to consume less carbs because it just keeps my blood sugar so much stable throughout the night. And then I can wake up with my blood sugars normal in the morning. And this might look much different for you. So it's important just to kind of pay attention to uh, your day and your blood sugar levels and then see if you can spot patterns. And having a CGM can help you do this so much better. But as an example, like when I first got into fitness, I did not have a CGM and I It took me a lot of time and effort to just, I I was testing my blood sugar a whole lot and testing it in the middle of my workouts to see like how different exercises was affecting my blood glucose and after my meals. And I just really paying extra attention to how these things were affecting me because I would research so much on the internet trying to find these answers that I was looking for and I could not find them. And a big thing to know is like, even if you have the guidelines, it, it will still be different for you because you are your own person and your body is going to react to different things a little bit differently. So if you do take the time to pay attention, then you will find the answers that you're looking for and it will just help you manage things so much better. And there's still going to be days. There's still random days for me that everything is completely out of whack. I'm either low or I'm high and everything is just a mess and I'm doing everything. I haven't made any changes. So I just want you to know that you're not alone. And it's really important that you are constantly learning, but that you don't dwell on uh, situations like this. So just keep moving forward and don't, uh, don't let it get you down. If you're all of a sudden blood sugar management is super crazy one day, because I'm telling you like it's, it's, It's so crazy and unexplainable, but it's important just to keep pushing forward and know that you're, if you, if you're doing the best you can, then really at the end of the day, that's all that matters. 
All right. So in addition to blood sugar management, if you have type one diabetes or not, or if you're diabetic or not, it's a good idea to really pay attention to how different foods make you feel. So uh, I personally feel best when I'm eating 25 to 30% of protein of my total calories and protein. But this, if, if you were to set your calories at this amount, like you might feel completely differently. You might feel bloated or just your gut might have issues. Like it could be a lot different for you. So just really important to, again, pay attention to how uh, foods make your body feel and then really listen to your body because there is no one size fits all approach. And so you really want to pay special attention to you and just how your body feels overall. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to, number one, look at your body individually. You're going to pay extra attention to how different foods make you not only feel, but if you're type 1 diabetic or if you have diabetes, how they also affect your blood sugars. And then get rid of the good or bad mindset or off-limit foods and really focus on having a flexible approach to nutrition instead of rigid. And just know that there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong diet. It's really what works best for you. And then what are your goals? That's going to be super important for you in order for you to know uh, how to properly fuel your body. So it's really goes to along with, you know, how foods make you feel, but then also what are your goals? Because at the end of the day, you need to be fueling your body a certain way in order to achieve that goal. And then generally speaking, just be mindful. Like when you're in the grocery store, try to choose foods that have a higher content in fiber because these foods will not only raise your blood glucose at a slower pace, but for um, diabetic or not, like these foods are going to keep you feeling full longer and they are a lot of the time um, just going to be more satiating overall. So that would be one tip. And then another tip is just, uh, paying special attention to your protein and your fat intake every single day and making sure that you're consuming the right amount for your body. And then when it comes to veggies and fruits and stuff like that, like uh, from a type one diabetic standpoint, it's like a fruit is still sugar. Like it's still going to raise your blood glucose levels. But if you, if you choose like berries or blueberries, like things like that, those will generally raise your blood glucose a little bit slower. So picking, um, things like that can help you a ton depending on where you're at. Obviously, uh, if you're being conscious about your blood sugars, then you'll, you'll know, um, you'll just have a better understanding of what foods to eat at what times around your exercise. And then lastly, just paying attention to how your body feels and really listening to your body. Because at the end of the day, like I could give you your exact macros. I could tell you how much protein, fat and carbs your body needs, but it, you, you might notice that your blood sugars do better with a little bit more carbs or a little bit less carbs, or you might notice that you, you your gut feels better with a little bit less protein. Like whatever it is, it's just important to um, figure out what works best for you as an individual and then really just listen to your body. And if you're feeling like you want a little bit more inspo, like if you're in the grocery store and you're like, okay, 
what do I buy? I have a T1D fat loss meal guide that gives you some of my favorite foods that I actually eat regularly. And I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person that when I find something I like, I tend to eat it like every single day until I get sick of it. And then I move on to the next thing. Um, so anyways, I have a list of, it lists like all my favorite foods and then also an example fat loss guide. Um, so you can kind of look at different meals throughout the day and it's just an example, but it might give you a little bit of inspiration and you can grab that for free at diabetes diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash T1D fat loss meal guide. Again, diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash T1D fat loss meal guide. And I'll also put it in the show notes. Guys, thank you so much for your support. It really means a lot to me. And if you enjoyed this episode and you're enjoying this podcast, please do take a moment to leave a rating and review and to subscribe to this podcast because it'll ensure that you don't miss out every time we have a new episode launched.